0: Hello, and welcome to the Victorious Living Christian Counseling Podcast, where Victorious Living is not only a dream, but a real possibility through Jesus Christ. My name is Crystal Ridland, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Indiana, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. Today, I have a special guest on the podcast who's going to share with us a little bit about what she does and her passion which um, involves healthy eating and taking care of the temple that God has created for us. Um, I was so glad when she emailed me and asked me about this, because this has been something that has been on my mind for a while, just the importance of taking care of our temple and the confusion that we have about food and the stress that that can create for us. And so I was encouraged when she um, contacted me and I was like, this was a God thing. So Brittany is the guest. Her name's Brittany Braswell. Is that right, Brittany? Is that how you say it? Yes, Crystal. That's correct. Okay. And she is a a registered dietitian. She runs a private recovery coaching practice, helping Christian women ditch food rules and negative body image so they finally get off the dieting hamster wheel and experience true and lasting freedom in Christ. That I love. I'm like, I've been on the hamster wheel too many times. Um, so many women have, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> she has been featured as a guest expert on podcast, at virtual summits, in blogs, and at universities. And um, so go ahead and kind of introduce yourself, Brittany, and tell a little bit about what you do. And, um, and then after you do that, if you can kind of give us a headway into what we're going to talk about today, and um, then we'll go
1: from there. Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much for having me today. And um, if you guys are here listening, I'm so excited to to bring this message to you. Like Crystal said, I am a registered dietitian and I'm a Christ-centered eating disorder recovery coach most of the women I work with um, come to me because they really want to include the Lord in the recovery process. And that is my specialty. That's what fires me up. Um, It is what I love talking about. And so um, as a recovery coach, and especially as a Christ-centered recovery coach, the, the big thing that I do is I really work with my clients to dispel maybe a lot of the myths or the lies that they're believing about themselves, about their body, uh, about food, about all kinds of things to really help them just make peace with food and to know that their worth and value and that their identity is totally separate from the way that they see or perceive um, their own body, weight, shape, or size. And so we really dig into uncovering a lot of those lies, um, making sure that you can I, I help you find your identity in Christ? Um, and that, that is, you know, your own personal journey. And we really move from that place into challenging maybe a lot of the disordered thoughts or behaviors that you might you might have about food or your body or, or other things. And it allows us to really move into a a place of taking recovery focused actions that are aligned with Christ. So that is kind of the big picture of what I do. Um, And today we're going to dive in a little bit to whatever degree you would like here, Crystal, over the next little bit. um, And just talk about one of the tools that I use, which is intuitive eating. Um, We can talk about what it is and what it's not. Um, I know I hear so many misconceptions about um, what people think when they hear the term intuitive eating. So we can definitely unpack that for you guys today and hopefully help give you some next steps if you're used to being on that, um, you know, fad diet hamster wheel and you are ready just to make peace with food for good.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And what a great introduction. Um, I was just thinking about like how amazing it is that God puts different passions on our hearts and um, like food hasn't necessarily been my passion. Um, It's probably more of a stress for me. So I probably need to come to you myself. Um, But it's just so neat how like God puts these special gifts and passions and talents and uses them as a ministry to help different people wherever they're at. And I love how we can come together and share like our expertise and our experiences and most importantly, our faith and our passion for helping people um, and like come together in the different fields that we're in. Um, The other thing I was thinking about um, was just how like amazing it is how like God, brings people together from all over the world for his purpose and like you're in Alabama and I'm in Texas and yet somehow like God was able to orchestrate this moment and I I always never want to take that for granted because that's huge how God works those things out so um thank you for joining and I am so excited to hear more about this um concept of eating and I think it actually is going to be beneficial to me as well and so um, I have a few questions to ask you um, just based off of, you know, like what we're going to talk about today. So what is intuitive eating and how is it different than a typical diet?
1: That is such a great place to start. Um, intuitive eating, uh, you, you can find a book. There has been a book written by a couple of eating disorder specialized dietitians, um, but it's really an evidence-based framework for, for really helping you approach health from a non-diet weight neutral perspective. So what that really means is when you come to me and we we go through some of the, the tools and strategies and, and mindset work of intuitive eating, I am not making any judgments based on your body weight shape or size. And I'm not going to give you some sort of diet plan or prescription to try to quote unquote fix a problem. Um, we're really looking at Cultivating body awareness. Um, or even so often, Crystal, it's removing obstacles that are preventing you from being um, connected to your body and being able to recognize what is my body trying to tell me. Um, they use this term in the intuitive eating book called interoceptive awareness. And it's really just this term that means um, your ability to identify, access understand, and then respond appropriately to your internal signals. So an internal signal might be something like a full bladder, right? When was the last time you ever had a full bladder and thought, oh no, I can't go to the bathroom and empty it. That's ridiculous, right? If you can recognize your bladder's full, it's a normal bodily response and mental response to say, okay, I need to go to the restroom. Same thing. Another form of, of this interoceptive awareness or, or body awareness is a racing heart right like if you if something makes you jump and you start noticing your heart pounding that's a form of awareness and one of the a couple of the areas we really want to focus on in intuitive eating um when it comes to that awareness is looking at hunger and fullness and so often these cues are are looked at so differently than things like a racing heart or a full bladder because Most people have no guilt or shame whatsoever if their bladder's full and they need to listen to their body to go to the restroom. But for some reason, when we feel hunger, oftentimes somebody will feel like, well, I shouldn't be hungry. I ate, you know, however long ago. It hasn't been that long. Or I shouldn't feel hungry now because, you know, maybe I feel like I've eaten enough today or I don't need to eat. Or we come up with all of these reasons about why we don't need to or deserve to nourish our bodies. Um, Or we feel fullness and we feel guilty that we're actually full. And so I really love to to go through this process of teaching these different ways to not only recognize what's going on in your body, but really honor them um, in order to to better honor your health without feeling deprived so that you can recognize those direct messages from your body in order to really better meet your, your physical, mental, and spiritual needs.
0: Wow, that's a great answer. It's so neat to me listening to you talk about this area, because there's so many similarities to what I do as a counselor. Um, like listening to your body, being aware of what's happening. I'm a somatic therapist in the sense of like, yeah. I connect people like if they're having some kind of big reaction from a particular person in their life, like, let's talk about what you're feeling inside your body is your heart racing, do you feel like there's an elephant sitting on your t- chest, like, and trying to help them to be really mindful of what their body is saying to them, because that's actually where the healing is. If we're just doing cognitive behavioral therapy, talking about problems, but not really connecting them with what the body, the body keeps the score. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's so many similarities. So I love this, um, but I'm actually learning so much too, as you're talking. So repeat that word. Cause that's a big word.
1: The intro interoceptive awareness so interoceptive awareness that's a big word yes it is so that's why i like to just simplify it to you know body body wisdom basically okay. so rec- recognizing what's your body telling you and then honoring it you know as is appropriate to help meet your meet your physical, mental, um, and, and even spiritual health. A lot. That's a lot of what I talk about too, but to meet those needs, um, and to, to do that, this really is different. I know you said like, how is it different than a typical diet? And the, the biggest differences here, there's so many, um, but it's really meant to help you get away from food rules to really think about, um, the different triggers or internal signals that help you to know your body needs nourishment. Um, we have to take some external cues too, but diets put specific rules and regulations around when to eat or what to eat or how much to eat, or, you know, put these specific foods together and you can't pair these, or you can't eat within these hours. Um, and that really following those diet rules is really pretty much a surefire way to make sure that you're not listening to your body, that you're trying to take someone else's advice or input on what you should eat or what you're allowed to eat or what's quote unquote good or bad, or even I'm going to use the words like healthy and unhealthy. um, When you abide by someone else's definitions of those and you're following another set of rules, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed to have a hard time listening to and honoring your body. Or if you are listening to it, you're going to be much more likely to feel a sense of guilt because your body is telling you something different than whatever these external rules are.
0: Absolutely. And one of the things I always tell my clients is that shame breeds addiction. And so like, if, if like ways to hear Satan's voices, you should have, or you could have, or, you know, very specific things like what ifs and, um, whenever we get into that mindset of feeling guilty because of a certain thing, then that's a, like you said, a surefire way to like lead us back into the trap of right. addiction, which um, for many of us, we would say that I feel like food is an addiction for me. Um, so that's really helpful. I love the way that you're able to bring this concept um, in a way that like, I can easily understand it, that our guests can easily understand it. And also in a way that's like, not over our heads. Like sometimes when people talk, I'm like, whoa, you're like way up in this headspace <laughs> that is overwhelming to me." But you are like bringing it right home, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, so we're going to move up to the second question, if that's okay with you.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: why is this something you're passionate about when it comes to eating
1: disorder recovery? I would I would say with this crystal, there's there's so many reasons that I feel really passionate about really helping women just to, to break free from, from diet culture, um, and diet culture being anything that, um, (laughs) unfortunately the majority of things that we hear when it comes to food and our body and, um, what we have to do to be quote unquote healthy or desirable or whatever it might be. Um, but I really want, women to know and especially especially Christian women because unfortunately diet culture we see it in the church too I was just having a conversation with some colleagues and with some clients about comments that they hear you know I live in the south and so we have a lot of like potluck style things and community gatherings and um and I've had clients say you know well I heard somebody um next to me at the table another woman at the this potluck saying um, well, I'm just going to eat this now, but I'll, I'll be good tomorrow. I'll start over tomorrow or, you know, I'll start again on Monday. Um,
0: I've said that, those all the time.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And because it's become such the norm, unfortunately. And so um, I really want to help women differentiate like to like all together, like get rid of the words good and bad or healthy and unhealthy when it comes to food, because when we do that, you are, in a like maybe unknowingly assigning morality to food. And when you give food morals, then you often are going to associate yourself with those same things. So if you say, Oh gosh, uh, I was so bad today because, you know, I ate this food that I consider bad or unhealthy, then all of a sudden this thing that has no morals is telling you how you should feel about yourself or telling you that you're deserving or undeserving. Um, And it's playing into, to how you perceive your identity, not even your true identity. And so I've seen, I've seen what diets do to people. I've seen what diet culture and this kind of language does. And oftentimes it turns into this, this um, kind of control battle where you feel like, okay, well, if I can control what I eat, or if I can control my body, then things will be better. Then stuff around me won't feel so chaotic, or maybe everything around me does feel like chaotic and this food or my body feels like the one thing that I have total control over. I can choose what I eat or how I move. Um, but ultimately it makes food end up really having control over you. And so I want to help people get back into the driver's seat of their own life where they don't hand that authority over to, to food, or they don't hand that authority over to you know someone else's perception of what You know, you use that word should Um, we we tend to use that word a lot. I should do this or I shouldn't be doing this. Um, And I really want to help people, you know, separate that morality and be able to to find their identity in Christ and know that the food that you eat and how you go about it doesn't doesn't have to have that control over you.
0: Wow, that's awesome. I'm just sitting here like absorbing all this information and I'm like already so enthused and want to learn more about all this. Um, but I'm also just thinking about how many, again, how many similarities there are between like anxiety and really, it makes sense. Like I was sitting here thinking about like, how is this like, there's so many similarities between what I do as a counselor and what you're doing as a, uh, healthy, spiritual,
1: would you say health coach? Um, yeah, yeah. Recovery. I've, i I kind of consider myself a recovery coach when I'm looking at, cause I love to look at all aspects of health. And so I right. always hesitate to say health coach because, and my clients do this 99 and a half percent of people. When I say, you know, what do you think of when you think of the word health? First thing they'll say will be something physical and, and physical health is one small aspect of health, but it can't be the whole picture. We have to look at other areas as well. So yeah.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm just like amazed at how many similarities there are. Like one thing I always tell people is how anxiety is something we can't even see and yet it can control so much of what we think or do or feel. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in same way you're like food has this like ability to like have like, we put this morality, really our anxiety puts this morality on food and food is just food. All of this is actually happening internally. Um, and it actually reminded me of a scripture that I use a lot in sessions where it talks about the difference between worldly, um, worldly sorrow and our, like, like the worldly sorrow versus the godly sorrow. And Mm -hmm. it says in, um, here in 2 Corinthians 7, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you, what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. And I love that verse because so often what we're struggling with is like balancing between what Satan, the evil side's telling us versus what God is telling us. And God is more specific. And he, like, he's going to tell us things about, like, what we eat or what we think or what we're doing because he loves us. But he's going to be more specific and not, where Satan's more, like, drastic, like all or none, like, well, you messed up on Monday, so, you know, you're a failure and you can't start back again till next Monday, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we really start to, like, see these words that I love, and, like, I love that you're, you're bridging the gap that I'm trying to bridge between this, like, shame-based approach towards this, like, bringing God into the center of the recovery. And when you do that, you're going to be using words like you're going to see an earnestness and eagerness to clear yourselves, an indignation, an alarm, a longing, a concern, and a readiness to see justice done. Like, I find so much hope in those words, Versus the other words that, you know, we've been talking about that, that Satan uses to bring the shame piece. And so like, Absolutely. anyway, I just wanted to bring that in because I thought anytime I can, I want to bring God's word into the healing process because I don't have the answers on my own self. The only good that comes from me is God and what I'm learning from his word. So I just wanted to, it's a little commercial for the Bible there. Um <laughs> <I love it. laughs> All right. So we'll move on to the next question, if you're ready.
1: Absolutely. Um, awesome. How does eating intuitively align with scripture? Oh, I love I love this one because um, the intuitive eating book is not a like a faith centered, you know, Christ centered resource. And at the same time, the the concept, like I said, is to get back to that place of not just listening to your body, but making sure that you, you do have that awareness on what's going on so that you can use that as part of the decision-making process with how to nourish yourself. And I really love outside of the book, just looking through scripture at what does scripture say about how, how to care for ourselves and how we were created because God made us so good. It it amazes me, Crystal. I'm such a a nerd when it comes to like, <laughs> science and biochemistry and like the, the physiology side of things, because our bodies are so intricately designed that we we weren't born needing a manual to learn how to, how to eat. Um, We have all of these um, metabolic and hormonal processes that help us to recognize, you know, what our bodies need. If you think about a baby, like when a baby is born, whether, um, whether they, they nurse from their mom or whether they take, formula when they're done eating usually they fall asleep or they turn their head to the side they know how to regulate how to you know self-regulate based on what their body needs and somewhere along the line with all the kind of diet culture influences we get maybe within your family within friends a friend group um, or any number of things we get away from that connection and so um, there are there's 10 principles of intuitive eating, 10 primary ones that they, they go into in the book. And I love looking through each one to see, like, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, the very first principle is on how to, re- how do we reject the diet mentality? And I love looking looking at this because embracing a diet mentality really prevents you from being able to recognize truth and truth leads to freedom. And even even scripture um, in John chapter eight, verse three, it says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free.
0: Absolutely. Um, Amen.
1: Yes. And so being able to lean into not what is diet culture telling you, what is not what is, you know, whatever diet maybe you are on last, what does it tell you about how you should eat and how much and when and where and all of those things being able to lean into Jesus and invite the Holy Spirit into your day to day to help you recognize what your body is telling you and to also use wisdom, um, in order to make some of those decisions. So, um, that is just the first of 10 principles. Um, it goes through nine other ones. Some have to do with honoring and, um, recognizing and honoring things like hunger and fullness making peace with food challenging they call it challenging the food police so all those like you know good and bad sort of words or vocabulary when it comes to food or your body um there's a principle that talks about how do you rediscover satisfaction is there something that tells you like do you ever feel guilty for enjoying food Um, and I love how even in Ecclesiastes in chapter three, it tells us that it's a gift to experience satisfaction. Um, I think it's in verse 13, it says, um, that each of them, and again, this is kind of a continuation, but I'll just keep it short, um, eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is a gift of God. And so being able to go through and know that you don't have to feel guilty for enjoying your food. I hear that, that cliche on like you either eat to live or you live to eat and, I would beg to say that, you know, there's, there's this, like, that, that's like the black and white side of things. Um, And I always hear, I've heard so many therapists and you may relate to this crystal that say like live in the gray, but I had a colleague uh, not that long ago. That was like live in the rainbow in between, right? Like you've got both ends of the spectrum. You've got black on one side and white on the other side with the light spectrum. So live in the rainbow in the middle. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Learn how you can enjoy satisfaction and also, it's possible to do that without feeling like you know you you're leaning on food for everything, um, which is also why some of the other intuitive eating principles have to do with learning how to cope with your emotions with kindness. Um, looking at you know how how do my emotions affect um, my either drive for food or my drive to stay away from food? How do I learn to respect my body? How do I move in a way that I'm doing it not out of obligation, but out of a means of enjoyment and self-care. Um, and then the final principle wraps up with how do you honor your health through gentle nutrition? So how can I make food choices that honor my health and my taste buds while also making me feel really great in the process and learning that, you know, nutrition and eating does not, it's not this perfect process to be quote unquote healthy, but it's looking at how can I create a pattern of, you know, eating over time that really promotes overall health and, and well-being? So um, that's just kind of a quick overview of the, the principles. Um, but I love how scripture aligns with all of them along the way before. So before the authors even came along, we were learning these things through scripture. And, um, and I love being able to, to point those things out to my clients in the process.
0: Oh, wow. Those are awesome. I was just thinking too, like going back to the, you know, the hamster wheel and the diet, the hamster diet or whatever. And how like, there's been times where, like, when I've been on the hamster wheel, and just like, not mindful of what I'm eating. And then when I go to a period where I'm like eating really healthy, then I'm able to like, enjoy the food, but on the hamster wheel, you're not. Like you're just eating and you're not really like paying attention to what you're eating or enjoying them, like the taste of an orange or you just get like wrapped up in like the eating process without really realizing like the gift of what you're eating. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always and been I amazed you... at that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... I think you can, you can do that regardless of what you're eating, that it doesn't even have to just fall under this category of even, even with general nutrition saying like, I have to only be eating these quote unquote healthy or nutrient dense foods. There's a way to, to make sure that you're enjoying all kinds of foods, um, but still being able to do it in a way that honors your physical, mental and, and spiritual health. So yes, absolutely. I think there's all food serves a purpose and not every food is going to serve the purpose of, you know, deep nutrient intake, Um, but it doesn't mean it's not valuable.
0: Absolutely. I was also thinking about uh, my thought process right now is like, I was thinking, why do I do this? Like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know how food is supposed to be eaten. I know the feelings I'm supposed to have. Why do I tend to go back into the hamster wheel? And so I was thinking, if I'm thinking it, maybe our clients, the people, our listeners are thinking the same thing. And I wanted to, um, I was like, as I was thinking this, the scriptures came up to me where it talks about why do I do the things that I hate? But the things that I know that I ought to do, I do the very opposite, like, so this is a really a battle over our flesh and the spirit with a capital S. Like, and so what you're helping us do with eating, and what I try to help my clients do with their mental health is to really to bring the the Holy Spirit into what we're doing, rather than to just be caught up in the flesh and to become aware of how, how those things are playing out in our lives and and, and our eating life. And so I, again, another connection between what yeah. we do, to, um, what you're doing and the, um, the dietitian world, recovery eating world and what I'm doing in the mental health world. I think it's pretty fascinating.
1: Yes. Uh, I, I love that. I love that too, Crystal, because one of my favorite things to do is to collaborate with therapists that there's, there's so, so much value in therapy. So if y'all are listening to this and you don't currently work with a therapist, there's, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I've ever talked to anyone who said therapy, like I can't benefit from therapy at all. Um, it's, it's so, so valuable. Um, and especially when you're doing so much, so much of the work I do is from that, that mindset and mental health perspective. Because the way we eat is usually just a symptom of what we're going through. Like, it's not the cause, the way that you eat or withhold nourishment. And so it's really, that's how it shows up. So absolutely, that therapeutic work that you're doing um, and that that I know other providers do as well is so crucial to this process.
0: Absolutely. I love that God has gifted us with different abilities to help in different areas. I think yes. that's just amazing. Um, okay, so the last question. What kind of difference do you see in your clients when they choose to integrate their faith into their recovery, Um,
1: food, freedom process? So I I would say the the biggest thing here, um, you you kind of mentioned this or or alluded to this, maybe think of it a, a couple minutes ago, is that without incorporating Christ into this process, even if you're working on intuitive eating from a secular perspective and you're just following all of the principles, it's not to say you're not going to experience some changes or progress that are positive, but you're still going to be in this place of like, I'm going to be this always striving sort of a student because I want to follow, I want to follow all these, even intuitive eating, like people try to turn them into rules. Um, But you're going to, there's still so much work that you can do by my clients who choose to incorporate their faith and incorporate their relationship with Christ in the process really get this, this solid foundation for establishing their identity in something that is or someone rather that is unshakable. Your body Amen. is not always change. Right. Like as we age, you can be the most, quote unquote, healthy person that has ever lived. But your body is so natural and normal for your body to change over time. My body is different now after having two babies than it was, you know, in college. Um, it's different now probably than it was, you know, even just a year or two ago. There's things that change um, shape wise, weight wise and just generally health. We need different things in different seasons. And so when, when you have that solid foundation of Christ, number one, I think it gives you more opportunity to cultivate hope in the recovery process because you know, there's more, um, but two, it, it really helps you solidify your identity because if you accept scripture as truth, then you inherently say, okay, well, it's not just partially true. If some of it's true, all of it's true, which means you're never the exception, right? That scripture, whatever scripture applies to someone else also applies to you. And so when you know when you know that and you can identify that as truth, then it gives you that solid foundation to be able to say, okay, well, I feel this way about myself today and feelings don't necessarily equal truth. What does Christ say about who I am? So that on those days you're having a harder body image day or just a lot of negative thought processes. You can go, okay, this is how I think, but ultimately this is what Christ says about who I am.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. And again, I see that too. If we incorporate faith into the mental health work that we do, we're going to see some outcomes, but like positive, life-changing, deep, deep deep-rooted at our core, at our soul. Whereas when I I have some clients who they want to come to me, but they're not. They don't want to incorporate faith, and that's okay. Um, it, but what I see is there's sometimes they'll feel better for a little bit. It's a band-aid approach, right? Yes. Like you're yes. just treating the 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 surface of the wound, but the the infection that's deep inside isn't actually receiving the healing or the the freedom. And so that's, like, a good example of, like, why it's so important to, to do the deep work to, like, to get to the root cause of what is creating our mental health issues and what's creating our eating issues. There is a root issue at the core of both of those. And there's such a correlation between if our mental health isn't in a good place, it's going to impact our eating, Right. And then our spiritual, like you said, we're multifaceted, we're very interconnected um, beings, and God is like genius creator in the way that he's created our bodies to respond and to work. And if we understand how God created our mind and body and spirit connection, um, then we can overcome so many more things. So I think this has been really amazing. Um, I'm actually going to want to talk to you more about this after (laughs) our um, interview today, because I think this could help me to, to deal with an area in my life that I continue to struggle, struggle with, with this, like, um, eating, I'm doing better than I used to do. But I don't, you know, say these horribly mean things to myself, like I used to but there's still like some core areas where it's impacting me. And so thank you for coming on. And um, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to say about this? And then I will go on and um, have you just kind of tell people how they can find you. And if they, if they feel like God is saying, Hey, this is for you. And um, so just kind of like final thoughts and
1: then how can people find you? Yeah. um, I would say just final thoughts here is, Um, please be encouraged that if, if you struggle with, you know, especially that morality piece, like seeing foods as good or bad or feeling guilt or shame um, around maybe your habits or behaviors when it comes to food or even things like body checking, um, please know, number one, that you are not alone. And number two, if you if you've, grown up either in a family or environment where diet culture has been the norm, um, give yourself some grace and know that like, please take that word should out of your vocabulary on, Oh, I shouldn't be struggling this or with this, or I should be doing better quote unquote. Right. Um, that if you've never had the opportunity to learn, you you know, that's like, that's, that's such a big, um, hindrance spot for so many people. So give yourself that grace and know that like, it's, it's never too late. Um, and the other piece, I guess, of advice or encouragement um, I would give here is please don't try to go this alone. Amen. Um, the, you, the enemy wants you to feel so isolated in this process. And I promise you are not the only one going through this. Um, I I have proof. I, I work with so many different women and make sure that I connect them um, in a community where Other people can say, hey, me too. Um, And I think that's such a valuable part of the process. So please don't go through it alone um, and know that, you know, there's hope on the other side of it.
0: That's awesome. Um, I just think that that is such good advice. And the enemy uses isolation tremendously to do his best work. And I actually have a podcast that I did on that, like loneliness and isolation and depression and Um, the other thing I was thinking about is how, like, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I'll tell my clients this. I get a front row seat to see how the enemy works very strategically. And, um, it's so obvious from where we sit, right? But when it's happening Mm -hmm. in my own life, it's so much harder for me to be able to recognize it. And so, like, that's another, like, goes along with your point of don't go this alone, because what we have our blind spots, we all do, because we're all struggling with our flesh. But when we have somebody who's trained, who has the Holy Spirit and the knowledge, right, in our field to help you, like, it's the most powerful foundation for healing and so um i don't know if you've ever felt like that like too like we have a front row seat and i can just see where satan is like working and to just be able to like point people to like hey that is not god god is not gonna tell you those things though that is coming directly from satan um yes and so I am just so thankful when I hear of the work that other people are doing that is directly bringing people to the healing in Christ. and so thank you for what you're doing and thank you for reaching out to me like I just um the moment I got your email, I was like, yes, like Lord, this has been on my mind to bring this piece to the podcast. um so I really thank you for that. And if you can just end with you know t- how can people get a hold of you like how can they find you? I know that you have some different programs that they can access in Alabama and also, um, throughout the nation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I would say if the conversation was brand new to you, a really great, um, next step if you want to head to my website have a i have a free resource that you can download um on intuitive eating from a, a christ-centered perspective um you can find that just on my homepage, or you can go straight to Brittany braswell rd.com slash ebook um the b is capitalized i don't know why if you try to put it in all lowercase it does not come up so capitalize the b um But other than that, um, you can also find just on my website, there's a a work with me, you know, kind of work together tab. And I do provide both one-to-one and uh, group coaching um, where at the time of this recording, we're open for enrollment for our summer coaching program. Um, But feel free just to shoot me an Instagram message. Um, I'm at, at Brittany Braswell RD there. And you can absolutely ask me if you've got any follow-up questions from today's episode or you want to learn what working together could look like, um, you can reach me you know, on, on Instagram or on my website.
0: Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much, Brittany, for joining the podcast. I was blessed and encouraged by our conversation today. I just felt like it flowed really well that the Holy Spirit was present here. And um, I just want to thank you for taking time to join today and i want to thank god for you know just the way that he orchestrates things and he puts it on people's heart to reach out and um i thank him as well for this time and um i just pray that you guys were all encouraged by this conversation um and for your long-term healing and Brittany i hope we stay in touch um i will probably send you an email or something after this session but thank you for joining. And I know you have a session you have to get to, and so do I. So um, you have a great day and God bless. Thank you so much, Crystal. Bye, guys. See ya.